Our scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 24. And if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to uh, open to that, um, as that's where we will be spending the majority of the uh, morning is is in that chapter. Um, If not, you can follow along on the screen. In Matthew 24, it says this, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increases of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And farther on in that chapter, beginning with verse 36, it says, But about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time, and he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We're starting a series for the next few weeks. It's called That's a Good Question. And we're going to be looking at at different questions. That's why we called it that. That you may be thinking of or or dealing with. That that we sometimes always do. Um, And and we're hoping to make these questions that are are current. That are things that maybe you've had conversations with neighbors, with fellow workers. and, And that's what we're looking at. This morning we're going to be dealing with the question... Is it the end of the world as we know it? And, and so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Um, I'm not going to sing the song, if you're familiar with the song, because I can't sing. 
Um, and I apologize this morning. I'm not feeling well, so if I cough, sorry. Um, this morning I've, I've kind of felt, although it wasn't bad in the first service, that I'm back in junior high because my voice keeps cracking, and I'm, I'm back at that. But uh, so, so bear with me um, as, as we go through this time. But, but we're going to be looking at, at this whole thing of, you know, is it the end of the world? Because that seems to be a, a hot topic. It seems to be on everybody's mind, especially with, with some of the dates that are out there right now. And, and so that's what we're going to look at. And uh, I remember growing up, um, I grew up in a, in a, a Christian home and, uh, you know, very at an early age, you know, was taught all about the, the second coming of, of Christ. And, and one of the things that stood out to me when I was little was that there would be a trumpet sound and, and then it was time to go. You know, and, and I remember as a five-year-old one day I was playing outside in my backyard and, and I heard a trumpet. Um, you know, it was just someone in the neighborhood practicing their trumpet, but I heard a trumpet and it was like, okay, I'm still here, you know, and, it, and it's running into the house, like, mom, dad, and they're still there. I'm like, okay, Whew. it didn't happen. And it was just, you know, it's one of those things that, that for a, a couple of years when I was so young, it's, you know, every now and then, okay, are, are my parents, you know, you don't hear any noise from your parents in another part of the house. Are they still here? You know, are, are they gone? And, and those types of things that I think it's something that that's always on our mind. And I know this is a huge topic, and this morning I'm going to cover a few things, but I'm not going to go into a, a lot of detail. And, and there may be certain things that, man, I, I wish this would have been covered, and I apologize, but I, I'm covering what, what I felt God led me to, to here's, here's what you are to say this morning. So, so we're not going to hit a, a ton of details. I think that would take a whole other series to, to try to go through things. And, and within times, especially in Scripture, there's so many things that, that are, are literal and figurative that, that to wade through all of that, there, there's no way I could do it in, in one morning. So I may skip over some things that you're, ah, oh, I wish I would have, could hear more about that. Um, what I encourage you to do is, is get into God's Word and, and, and to study it. Um, get a good concordance study Bible that will, will help you read through some things. You know, that's the best way because I may say some things that you may think, ah, um, well, study it. You know, I'm, I'm not sitting up here promising that, that I am perfect in, in everything that, that I, I say, um, but I do the same thing, so I encourage you guys to, to get into God's Word. So we're going to look at, at really three basic things this morning. First of all, we're going to look at what the world is saying. Um, basically what they've said through history and, and what they're saying now. Um, and we're going to look at what Jesus said, primarily out of Matthew 24. And, and then finally, we're going to look at okay, what, what our response should be to all of this. And, and so those are the three main things that we're going to try to tackle this morning in, in the time that we have left. So the first thing we're going to look at is uh, what the world is saying. And I wanted to just give you a, a little bit of, of history um, back to this, that this has been a topic that, you know, Christ's second coming, um, the end of the world has, has been a topic basically since um, Jesus was on this earth. And, and, and so it, it's not something that has been new. And, and some of just the highlights that I wanted to give you was in the second century, um, a, a man by the name of Tertullian, he was an early church father, uh, was a prominent preacher. You know, he basically felt that everything going on in the world at that time pointed to Christ's return coming soon. That, that, that's what he felt in the second century. You move on to the sixth century 
and you had Pope Gregory, and I want to just read a quote that he said. Um, This is what he said. He said, of all the signs described by our Lord as presaging the end of the world, some we see already accomplished. For we now see that nation arises against nation, and that they press and weigh upon the land in our own times as never before in the annals of the past. Earthquakes overwhelm countless cities, as we often hear from other parts of the world. Pestilence we endure without interruption. It is true that we do not behold signs in the sun and moon and stars, but that these are not far off, we may infer, from the changes of the atmosphere. So you you had Pope Gregory in the 6th century saying, you know, he's coming back soon. We're we're seeing all of the signs. And and, and then when you get around 1000 A.D., and then also we just experienced um, the year 2000, that there is a lot of, you know what, the end is coming because... You know, this whole change, no one knows what's going to happen. I mean, if you want to throw up, you know, for the 2000, you saw a lot of newspapers, a lot of the world will end in the year 2000, warns Bible scholars. There's just a, a lot of that out there because there's this unknown. Okay, we've never been to this place before. We've never been to this time. We're seeing, you know, Jesus spoke about some of these things and we're seeing them happen. So it's easy to, to create fear. And, and, and it's easy to get to the point, man, this stuff is all going to happen. And, and we've seen that throughout history, that, that it's gotten to that point. And now I want to deal with, with two of the areas that are, are pretty relevant to us right now. The first one is, go ahead and, and flip that, is this Mayan calendar. And uh, the whole that the world is going to end on December 12th. 2012. There's actually two views that are kind of out there. One is that on that date, the world is going to end. The other is that on that date, the world's not going to end, but we're going to go into this whole new age of enlightenment, that uh, things are going to change for us. And, and that, that's the two views that are out, this, out there with this. How many of you have seen the movie 2012? Two hands. There's a movie, maybe you haven't even heard of it, there was a movie that was put out kind of based on, on this whole thing. Um, but if, if you watch the, the movie, they mention like this Mayan calendar date at the very beginning of the movie and, and then nothing to do with it the rest of the time. It's just a, a cool movie for a lot of cool effects for the world blowing up is, is basically what the movie is all about. Um, if, if you watch it, um, you know, no mention anything else. And, and as I, I was looking into this, um, if you start to look at experts, um, one in particular who is a, he's a, a um, director of Latin American studies at Stetson University down in Texas. Um, basically, he says, you know, the Mayan calendar was a calendar to keep track of days just like we have a calendar to keep track of days. And he said there's no mention anywhere in their culture that this date is tied to anything of the world ending or any type of apocalypse going on. He said for some reason this is just where their calendar ends. And he says you can't find it in any of their history, any of their hieroglyphics. He said there's one mention on one of them of this date, but there's nothing really with it. You know, and, and so when you get on these websites that say, based on the Mayan calendar, all these things are going to happen, he basically says these websites are misinformed because they haven't studied the Mayan history because really the Mayan history says nothing about this being the end of the world. 
you know, and, and I, I know this is a cartoon, but it's almost kind of like this because their calendars are on rocks. So how come it ends in 2012? I ran out of space on the rock. You know, and, and, and you know, it, it's not quite that simple, but, you know, people have taken something just because they found, hey, this is a date that their calendar ends, and so the world's going to end. And, and when you talk to experts who have studied that culture, this was just a calendar that kept track of days. And for some reason, they have no idea why, because there's nothing that in their culture that says this is when it ended. You know, there, there was another cartoon I was going to show that the one was asking, you know, saying, hey, I had to end this in 2012. And the other one was like, that's OK. It will just really freak people out someday. And, and that's what it's doing, basically, is people see that and they're kind of just freaked out about it. And, but when you look at it and you start to study it, there, there's you know, nothing there in their culture that says this is the end of the world. But people have taken this small date and now said, here's what's going to happen. Because you know, if their calendar ended, then that must mean something is going to go on. One of the other issues that, that I want to address, or dates I guess you could say, is actually coming up this Saturday is May 21st, 2011. Some of you may have seen there, there's uh, billboards around Erie that, that have this. And uh, these are put out by a gentleman by the name of Harold Camping. He is the founder of Family Radio. And um, he is basically saying that May 21st, this coming Saturday, 2011, is when um, the rapture is going to happen. And then October 21st, is when the world is going to be destroyed. And he does this by, and, and I don't understand it, so I'm not trivializing what he does. I just, I honestly don't understand it. Um, he does this by mathematics um, in, in the Bible. In, in Scripture, he, he uses some type of mathematics and figures out here's the date for when this is going to happen. And so I don't know if you guys have heard of this, if you've seen the signs, but this this is a big thing. It, it's, it's around the country. Um, he, he has done this before. I, I want to make sure you guys understand that. Um, I, I want to read a, a quote from him in 1992. He said this, The results of this study indicate that the month of September of the year 1994 is to be the time for the end of history. Okay? So basically in 92, through his calculations, he had said that the end of the world is going to happen September 1994. Um, when that came and went, he said, I miscalculated in my mathematics, and he extended it another month, and, and then another month, and, and then you didn't hear from him for a while, and, and now this is back on, on the scene. And, and so this is something that he, you know, he is claiming to be a prophet, and, and that God has given him these, these dates. And, and it's something that we're going to talk about and, and look at. Um, but he has done this in the past, and it has, nothing has come to it but what does this lead people to do what it leads people to do is some of the, the, these other things you know there's one of the signs that he has and then people have taken vehicles and, and you you know have that all over you know, see the like 2012 crossed out that it's actually happening May 21st and then just one more you know that, that judgment day is coming um, it, it's led some people there there's a gentleman in New York City that uh, what he actually did was he took his life savings $140,000 and spent it all on advertisement for this date. He put it in the subways in New York City, on park benches. All of that has taken all of his, his retirement 
and, and said, because this is what's going to happen. And, and so I don't need that money anymore, and I want to tell as many people as I can, so I'm going to help advertise it. And, and the, ar- the article was kind of interesting because they asked the, the um, company, like the sign company, why would you let him do that? And they just kind of said, well, he, one, he has the right to. You know, we can't keep someone from doing that. And two, why wouldn't we take his money? It's $140,000. Um, so, so it causes people, because they hear this and, and they buy into it, that, man, you know what? This, this, is, this is it. And, and we need to get our act together. And, and so I don't know where you are at on that one, but we're going to look at Scripture and, and see what it says. But, but these are the types of things that, that are out there. And, and now we have one that this coming Saturday is, is when things are taking place. Um, in, in Scripture, God talks about these, these prophets in, in different points and times. And, and I want to have you read a, a passage out of Deuteronomy chapter 18. And, and it says this. Basically, the people were saying, how do we know? You know, they're talking to God and saying, how do we know if a prophet is from you or not? And uh, so he, he states, if what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet is spoken presumptuously, so do not be alarmed. Basically, it's one of those things where, okay, if a prophet come for, comes forward and says, this is going to happen. I'm a prophet from God. God has told me this. This is going to happen. And it doesn't happen. Then God is saying, you know what? It's not for me. So don't worry about the guy. Don't, don't be afraid of it. Don't be scared of what they're saying because it's not happening. It's not for me. And, and, and that's what we can take when you have people who come forward and say, I'm a prophet from God, and they say, this is going to happen on, on this date, and it doesn't happen. God is saying, you know what? That's not from me, so don't be scared of this guy. Because if it was from me, it would have happened. And since it didn't happen, it's not from me. Um, if you read in that passage a little bit earlier, he has... Um, some harsher words for prophets who, who do that. But that's not what we're here to talk about this morning. Um, so, so that's where the, the world is at. And, and, you know, specifically, and who knows if you've had these conversations with people, you know, this date, the May 21st, and, and then also just the, the 2012, um, that, hey, the world's coming to an end. And uh, so we're going to look at now what does Jesus say? About these things and and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 24 and and what came out of this was basically Jesus had been talking about different things that were going to be happening and one of them specifically he was talking about that the temple was going to be destroyed and uh, which was going to actually happen in in 70 AD. And so his disciples were hearing him talking about all of these things and going on. So finally they came to him privately. And, and they asked him two questions. And, and basically they asked him those that, when will these things happen? And, and what are going to be the signs? You know, we, we want to know. You're talking about all this stuff? So, so when's it going to happen? And, and, and that begins the discourse that, that Jesus gives them in chapter 24. And, uh, and, and he starts out by giving really like, uh, here's, here's events that are going to take place. Here's things that are going to happen. And we'll pick up um, in verse 4 of that. I'll read it to you again as we read earlier. It says, Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. 
You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginning of birth pains. So right there, there's some signs that that he puts out there. Okay, here's how you're going to know when the second coming is going to happen. One is there's going to be false prophets that come up and say that, that I'm the Messiah. And, you know, the tough thing, and we're going to read the scripture later, is, is he gets into, you know what? Some of these guys are, are, are going to do some, some miracles, are going to do some pretty cool things and, and, and deceive a lot of people. And so how do we tell? You know, and, and if you if you hop back to Matthew chapter seven, verses 15 through 20, he, he talks about that. And he says one of the main ways to be able to tell whether this prophet is for me or not. You know, yes, we talked about that if what they say comes true. But now all of a sudden you have this guy doing some incredible things is watch his life. It's just like us. You know how, how they say, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, then you, you should see that in your life. Jesus basically tells his disciples it's the same way with with false prophets. Watch their life, how they live, because the fruit, what comes out of them, you're going to know whether or not they're one of mine or not by what truly comes out. Even though they may be doing some cool stuff and what you think are miracles, that Satan has given them that power, if you truly watch their life, you're going to see some things that don't add up. And, and that's the same that as we get into this time where, where it's the end times and all of a sudden people are coming forward and claiming, you know, maybe I'm the, you know, hey, I'm the Messiah. Watch this. You, you need to watch their life. And we're going to address that whole thing in a second, too. But watch their life and, and how they really live and what the fruit is really coming out. And that's going to help you to be able to discern, okay, what's real or not. One of the other signs he gives is wars and rumors of wars. Well, that's happening, right? It seems like even more so today that, that there's those wars and rumors of wars going on. And I know when the disciples were hearing this, they were probably thinking, this is going on right now. You know, this stuff is happening right now. And, and he also puts in there that there's famines, there's earthquakes, and, and we see that. We hear about that in the news all of the time. These major earthquakes, they're just devastating. And so why shouldn't we be thinking about, okay, is is Christ coming back soon? And we have every right to be thinking that. Because what he's saying, here's some of the signs, are happening. And he also then goes on and he says says in... uh, Verse 9, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all the nations because of me. And at that time, many will turn away from, from faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the world, whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So you have some other signs as, as well that there's going to be persecution. And we are seeing that happen today, that people are persecuted for what they believe in. And then you also have 
the last one as far as that uh, the gospel will be preached in the whole world then the end will come. And we're going to be talk about that in our response. But that's another sign that, that when Christ is going to come back. Um, one of the last things that I want to hit is, is I'm going to flip the verses 23 through 27 and, and hit again on this whole Messiah thing. And, and that, that his turn will be visible to everyone. Here's what those verses say. It says, At that time, if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Okay? One of the things that you guys need to realize is that Another way to be able to tell is when all of a sudden there's someone coming up and claiming to be the Messiah, and they're over in England, let's say, and, hey, the Messiah's in England. According to the Scripture, that can't be so. You know, or, hey, he's in Florida. That's where he appeared. He's getting, you know, all of the Christians are to gather in, in Florida since, you know, that's a nice retirement place. I don't know. But anyways, you know, and you can name places and the scriptures really saying, you know what? Don't believe that. Okay? Because he's saying when I come back, everyone is going to see it. When I come back, this is going to be not this small event that hey, he's hiding out, you know, up in up in one of our offices here in the church. Let, let's go check out check out the Messiah. That's, you know, that's not what it is. He's saying, when you see lightning that crosses from the east to the west in the sky, that it spreads across the whole sky, that's what my coming back is going to be like. Everyone is going to see it. So when you hear people saying, hey, the Messiah is is maybe over here, no, he's not, because that's not what Jesus said. That's not what he said his second coming is going to be like. He said it's going to be like lightning flashing across the sky, that everyone's going to see this, that this is going to be a big deal. And that's what you need to hold on to and realize that, man, these small things just isn't it. And, and I know I, I skipped over some scripture because there, there's so much in there that I want you guys to read that there, there's other signs um, that, yes, you know, these things are going on, but there's other things that need to take place. And I think sometimes we can try to get too specific, and some people have and name dates. Well, you know, when this happens, you know, then, then it's there. And, you know, one of the issues I'm, I'm skipping over is the Antichrist. And, and I know you guys maybe, well, I want to hear about that. You know, there's been so many people that have been named as the Antichrist over the years. Pretty much every pope has been named the Antichrist. Um, if you look back in history, you know, Adolf Hitler, Mussolini, all of those. So some people will say, well, the Antichrist has already been here. That's already happened and done with. We, we, you know, we don't know. You know, some people went as far as to say, you know, Ronald Wilson Reagan was the Antichrist because each of his names was six letters. That's 666. He's the Antichrist. You know, and, and there's just a lot of things out there. That, but, so we're, we're skipping over that. I encourage you to read your Bible. And, and to find out more about some of those issues. But I want to get next to this point of, you know, we covered some of the signs, but get to the time. And, and, and that starts right with um, verse 36. 
And then basically what Jesus says is, but about the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. You know, and, and basically he makes a statement, no one knows specifically when the second coming is going to happen. You can't name a date and say it's going to happen. Thankfully, Jesus gave us some, some pretty um, descriptive details of, hey, these things are going to happen leading up to it. But when it finally happens, you don't know specifically. And, and the thing I find interesting in there, and I want to explain this real quick, you know, because it says, it says that no one knows, not even the angels, nor the Son, but only the Father. And, and I know you may be thinking, this is a little side note, well, how could he not know because he's God? And, and in Scripture, a lot of times, you know, when, when Jesus came to this earth, he was still totally God, but he also became totally man. And, and I know for us to wrap our minds around that, it, it's so difficult um, but that's because I honestly feel like there's things that we just don't need to totally understand about God and, and, and about who he is because he's so much bigger than us. And that's what I like about our God is that there's still mystery to him. Because if we could figure everything out, um, I don't think it would be as exciting to serve him. But, but he was totally God and totally man. And there's times in scripture where, where Jesus refers totally to his human side, like when he said he was tired. And different things like that. He was referring to his human side. And, and, and I feel here in this verse as well, he was referring, referring to his human side. You know what? I don't know the time. Only my father knows that time. The angels don't know that time. And, and, and that's what he's saying here. So he says, you know, I don't know that. And, and he goes on to kind of describe to his disciples that it's going to be the same way as it was in the days of Noah. You know, that people were drinking, eating marrying, thinking everything was great, and then all of a sudden this flood hit and wiped them out. So that's what it's going to be like. That no one's going to know. And he goes on into verse 42, and he says, Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. So, the time, the hour, we don't know. Christ said that specifically. I think I can say, though, and we're going to get into our response and what our response should be to all of this in a second. I think I can say, though, I do know one day that Christ is not going to come back. It's going to be this Saturday, May 21st. Um, I, I honestly don't think he will because someone has named that day. Now, could he come back before that? Maybe. I don't think he's going to come back on that day because no one knows. So um, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but... That's a, a good wrong that I won't mind because I'll be in heaven. Where will you guys be? No. All right. That's what we're going to talk about now. Okay. Our response. Our response to this. Okay, we have a lot of things out there in the world. And, and to me right now, man, what better way to be able to talk to people about who God is and what Jesus did for us than right now because everyone is so open to this topic. 
because you have, have the May 21st date, you have the Mayan calendar with 2012, man, you can have conversations like crazy about the end of the world with people and what you believe. Um, our response, I really feel there's, there's two things. Be watching and, and be prepared. One of the things that, that I really feel is that this is something we should not be afraid of, but that we should be looking forward to. Because sometimes, and, and I know even in, in my own life, you know, the, the human side of me, if you want to say that, it gets caught up. You know what? I, I want to see my, my kids grow up. I want to see who they're going to marry if they marry. You know, I want to see what they're going to become. You know, God, could you maybe wait, you know, a couple more years to come back? But then on the same hand, it's like, God, will you come back today? You know, because I want to be in a place where there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow. You know, where all we're doing is worshiping and praising you. There's no more tears. Everything is is good. Evil is defeated. So, So come back today. But I think sometimes we, we try to hold on to things. Well, I don't want to let go of, you know, my job or the things I have. I guarantee you that once you're in heaven, you're going to care less about that stuff. Because you're going to be in God's presence. And this should be something that we're totally looking forward to. And we need to be watching for him and be prepared. And out of that comes one of the main things is that you need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if you don't have that relationship, then this isn't something you're going to look forward to. But if you have that relationship, if you believe in what Jesus did in coming to this earth and dying on the cross and paying that penalty for your sins, then you know that when he comes back, you're going to go with him and live with him forever. And that's why we have that hope. And if you don't have that hope, it's something that you need to look into, that relationship with Christ. Because it's the most important decision that you can ever make in your life. It's not who you're going to marry, where you're going to go to college, what job you're going to take next, where you're going to retire to. It's that relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're sitting here this morning and you don't know that you for sure have that, Please take the time to look into that. Come up after the service and and talk to me. It's nothing about joining a church. It's nothing about that. It's just about having that relationship and accepting what Christ did for you on the cross. And Jesus says in his scripture that, man, if you believe in me, you will have eternal life. And that all this stuff about the world ending, you know, that him coming back on May 21st or the world ending in 2012, who cares? Because even if it does happen on one of those dates, I know I'm going to be with Christ. And that's the best thing that could ever happen. So be watching. Be prepared. What does that look like? We need to be expecting his return. There's this whole thing of, yes, Jesus says, here's specific things that are going to happen that we can look at. But on the same hand, he says, man, you don't know. So as you study scripture, as you get into it, you see, yeah, I know there's specific things that need to happen, but I also need to be watching for his return any day. As we read the end of that chapter, it talks about a faithful servant and a non-faithful servant. Basically, he's saying, man, you need to be doing what God called you to do. 
at the end. For when he comes back, what better way is to be serving him when he does come back than not doing the right thing? And in this response, I, I want to move to another passage. I don't have it up there. I apologize. Um, but if you have your Bible, you can turn to Second Peter chapter 3. I just have the last verse that will be on the screen. And I just want to read through this because maybe this is how some of you are feeling after we've talked this morning a, a little bit. And, and I want to work through this. It's Second Peter chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 3 through 14. And, and it says this, Above all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing, that's why they're called scoffers, and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. And, and who knows, maybe you feel that way as, as I presented, you know, since the beginning of history, or not the beginning of history, but like the second century B.C., people were saying, hey, Christ is coming back. Look at all the signs. It hasn't happened. And, and now we're 2,000 years after Christ was on this earth. He still hasn't come back. Uh, maybe it's not happening. You know, I have time. Because it looks like these signs are evident every generation. So, so why worry about it? You know, and, and that's basically where Peter's coming from in this. As he's saying, there, there's going to be people saying that. But, but here's the deal. Verse 5, he says, But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world, that, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So first he says, you know what? You need to remember that this God of the universe, just with his word, created the earth. That same word, he flooded the earth. And that same word says, I'm coming back one day. You need to be ready. He said, you know, you don't lose sight of that. God's word is powerful. We sang that this morning. How he said, this is what I'm going to do. And you did. And it's the same that we need to remember that his word is powerful. Man, he created this world we live in by his spoken word. How incredible is that? And he says, I'm coming back. And then he goes on to say, see this, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. What an incredible picture that's painted there. Because in reality, when Jesus went back up into heaven, they could have turned around and said, okay, we're done. I'm coming back. I'm going to create the new heavens and earth. It's over with. You know? And, and that could have been where, where everything was done. But this says, you know what, God's patient with us. Why is he patient with us? Is that for him, he'd love to see all of us have a chance to have a relationship and to be able to go to heaven. So he's like, that's one of the reasons why this hasn't happened yet. Is he's being patient. He's showing that love to each one of you so that you have that chance to have that relationship with him. What an incredible picture. 
that he's painting there. And then he goes on to say this. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. I want to stop on that verse for a second. So this says, because all of this is going to happen, if you have a relationship with him, how are you to live? A holy life. It's supposed to be set apart. And you're supposed to look forward to that day and do what? Speed its coming. How do you do that? So if we're followers of Christ, we have a part in bringing Christ back. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Are you guys all confused now? Okay, what's one of the signs that Jesus said would be part of of him coming back is, is that when the gospel is preached to all the nations, then the end will come. It's one of the things that he says in chapter 24. At the end of Matthew, in chapter 28, he gives us this command. He says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So one of his commands to us is to what? Go out and share this with other people. Who I am. Share the relationship that you have with other people. And in doing so, man, you help speed the coming of Christ. How cool is that? Or maybe you're sitting here, I don't want it to happen. I don't know. But to me, that's cool that I can have a part in Christ coming back. That if I'm willing to share my faith with other people, and that's one of our responses as we're prepared, is that we need to be sharing our faith. We need to be going out and telling other people about who Christ is. Because when that's done, that's part of his coming back. And the scripture in verse 14 says, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Basically, our response to this whole thing of Christ coming back the end of the world is that we need to be watching for him and we need to be prepared in doing his work. And we need to be sharing him with other people. And are you doing that? You know, are you, you know, first question, I guess, is are you looking forward to it? Or is it one of those things, you know, they've been talking about this for 2,000 years. It's not going to happen in my lifetime. You don't know that. You do not know that. Because we don't know the hour or the day. We need to be about sharing this with other people. It's one of the things that God commanded us to do and and looking forward to his coming back and being in a place where there's there's no more sadness and, and no more pain. And to me, it's an exciting thing to think that, you know what, I can speed Christ coming back if I just share who he is with other people around me. What an incredible thing. So I encourage you as we, we close out this morning and we look at this, you know, is this the end of the world? You know, I, I think we've looked at some of the 
current things, and hopefully that, that gives you a, a little more knowledge on those. And, you know, I, I didn't give you every detail that Jesus said because I want you to study it. You know, part of the series is, is that, you know, you guys need to get into your word. You guys need to study. You, need, you guys need to find out what God says about these things. But our response to this needs to be one of, you know what, if, if this is coming soon, if Christ's second coming is, is coming this week, man, am I out sharing him with other people? Am I prepared? Am I ready? So as we close out this time, you know, is, is that where you're at? And are you looking forward to him coming back? I pray that you are. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for um, your word. And for how you were willing to give to us, you know, hey, we need not be alarmed at things that are going on in this world because in the end, you are in control. And in the end, if we have a relationship with you, we can know for sure that we will be in heaven with you, Lord. I thank you so much for that. I pray for each of us as we walk out these doors that uh, we would truly look forward and and be watching for your coming back and and be prepared and be sharing with those around us just the greatness of who you are and how they can have a relationship with you. And I pray too for each one in this room that you would do whatever it takes to bring them closer to you throughout this next week, Lord. And we ask this all in your precious name. Amen.